We got uh, Trump's interview with Axios. I think that's how you say it. I'm going to be talking about that. Trump's interview with Axios. Two parts of that. Oprah's bias or is there something else at play? I'm going to talk about it. And yeah, we'll see what else we get into, man. But before we do anything else, thank you for being here. And, and... Gotta drop the intro. Every time I'm with you, yo, it's something else. It's a fact, it's a fact, and it's nothing else. Got your hand out, you don't even need a help. Oh, I don't need nothing else. Every time I'm with you, yo, it's something else. It's a fact, it's a fact, and it's nothing else. Got your hand out, you don't even need a help. Oh, that's right. I don't need nothing else. That's right. What's going on? It's Ruslan with King's Dream ENT. This channel exists to encourage, empower, inspire you. To live God's dream for your life, that looks like all types of different topics being covered from music, marketing, current events, culture, God, faith, everything in between. This channel exists for those of you guys that want to live God's dream, live God's best for your life, for the outliers, those looking to defy the odds, the politically agnostic, so on and so forth. So, my name is Ruslan. Uh, My opinion is worth what you pay for it, which is nothing. Uh, I guess uh, you guys can follow me on Instagram. That would be super dope. Bam, right there. Well, right there. There we go. Bam, right. Ah, you guys get it. Follow me on the gram uh, if you guys want to reach out to me there. I actually replied to all of my DMs on Instagram, which is pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think, but we're gonna be talking about some some interesting topics today. Thank you for everybody who was watching this live. There's there's always people here live you guys are here thank you um, i was in here earlier chopping it up with the chat do me a solid if you're watching this live give this video a thumbs up and let me know where you're watching this from let me know what brought you to this channel i like that i like kind of knowing where you guys are at what your perspective is yeah do that for me also we got the brand new king's dream merch on sale politically agnostic shirts just went live I identify as politically agnostic, so my opinion on some of this stuff you may or may not agree with. They're on sale right now at kingsdreamnt.com forward slash merch. 22 bucks plus shipping. You can pick those up. And we also got the Yashua's Dream brand new t-shirt that just dropped. These are on sale. These prices will go up. So you should go over there and pick one up. Also, we got a few pieces left of this John Keith Anti-Hero Limited Edition signed and numbered vinyl. You should pick that up if you are into vinyl. If you're a vinyl collector, we just dropped these blue out, uh, outlier windbreakers, so on and so forth. You can check that out in the description below or in the pinned comments if you're watching the replay. Now, hey, real quick, I got to set some basic, basic rules before we get into these videos. Listen, uh, my YouTube channel, I try to curate the, uh, the, the comment section to be... I don't know, constructive. I try to be thoughtful and nuanced with these videos. So if you are in the chat or if you are in the comment section being toxic, just know I love the ban button. I love the hide button. I love the report button. Today, actually today, first time ever on my YouTube channel, I got a physical threat of violence against me. Now, people think that that's trolling or maybe they're being funny, but listen, I I take this stuff seriously. I will report your crazy self. And I say crazy and I mean that with all its intent. So uh, keep the comment section and the chat peaceful. Uh, The First Amendment right to your freedom of speech does not extend to my YouTube comment section. You don't get to say and do whatever you want because you feel like it. No, 
uh, I'm gonna come down with the <laughs> with the hammer, as my man Jaden said, uh, and I will report you. I will block you if you're being combative. If I just don't like what you're saying, I'll just I'll just do that. Right? How about that? How about that? So keep a combative. Again, uh, I don't have like a specific blanket position on a lot of these things we're gonna cover in this live stream. I just don't. I um, I, I see things from multiple perspectives. So with that said. Uh, you, I'm probably going to upset everybody. If you, if you lean one side, I'm going to upset you regardless of which side you lean on. And we're going to be covering some nuanced topics from this Exeus interview, specifically Donald Trump's comments about Black Lives Matter, uh, and Oprah's current critique of, uh, the American caste system and privilege. So again, thank you guys so much for being here. Appreciate you guys. Let me know where you're watching this from if you're watching this live and uh, let's get right into it, man. So Axios is, this is still trending number three on YouTube and I'm going to just just give you guys my reaction, give you guys my thoughts. I got some Yerba Mate here. Shout out to Guyaki. You guys know I am, uh, I'm, I'm revved up, man. For context, I watched this entire interview so i'm not just gonna give you bite-sized pieces these are the two parts that i thought were the most interesting him covering the the thing that you know i'm not supposed to talk about because youtube will demonetize me which is why you should like this video because it helps a ton in the algorithm like it right now everybody watching this live helps us a ton but i'm going to give you guys just kind of my thoughts on this interview with axios which is apparently owned by hbo let's get right into it this is one heck of an interview here we go you wouldn't have equipment now if i didn't get it when can you commit by what date that every american will have access to the same day testing that you get here in the white house context they're talking about the thing that we're not going to talk about by name because they'll demonetize this video they're talking about the thing and you know obama uh, obama wow Donald Trump, our president, is saying, hey, listen, we, uh, I, I gave the governors everything they needed to respond adequately to the thing. However, some of them did a good job, some of them didn't. And the reporter, I forgot his name, Jonathan, I think his name, does a, does a very good job. He asks a very specific question, and he says, when can people have access to a same-day instant test? Basically, the same test that... I think a lot of media is using. I think even Joe Rogan is using, uh, and specifically the, the the you know the president is using. Why does this matter? Well, this matters because if we know sooner if people have the thing, then we can help them quarantine sooner. If more people have access, we know who to quarantine. We knew we know people who are elderly who just you know stay away from these people, right? It becomes more efficient the more of these we can get out. And so this report is like, hey, when can we get the, the thing that you guys have? When can we get that to everybody? That version of the test. When can we get it to everybody? And this is interesting response. Check it out. Well, we have great testing. We're, we're doing, and, and by what other people do. Let me explain. Look at his face, yo. <laughs> by what date? By what date can you get this technology to everybody, right? By, by what date? I, I, this is hilarious. This whole exchange right here is hilarious. The testing. We have tested more people than any other country, than all of Europe put together times two. We have tested... This is true. We, I mean, listen, America has done a lot of testing. This is absolutely true. And... I think, you know, for the size of our population, like, I don't know who and how and why, but you, you got to acknowledge that. Like, we've done a good job testing. That's, this is true. More people than anybody ever thought of. India has 1.4 billion people. 
They've done 11 million tests. We've done That's crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't know India had one. I didn't know they had that many people and only done a million, 11 million tests. That's interesting. Done 55. It'll be close to 60 million tests. And, you know, there are those that say. 60 million tests. So that's 360 million people in America. I believe that's counting women and children. So we've done 60 million tests. So what is that? About a, what is that, a fifth? That's, that's a lot of tests. Now. The objective is to get more tests. I'm going to give you guys my analysis of why I think our issue here in America is so unique to America. It is so unique to America. And why it isn't, I'm not going to say it's not fair. It's just you're comparing apples and oranges when you compare us to Korea or this country or that country. Because it's at the fabric of who we are as people, as a very unique people in our psyche. I'll get to that in a second. Let me, let's just react to more of this interview. Hey. You can test too much. You do know that. Who says that? Oh, just. <laughs> Yo, first of all, first of all, the tone and then the cut. Let me pull this back one more time. Check that. This is hilarious. Who says that? Oh, listen, look at this. Yo, this man is so patronizing. He is so, this is the president of the United States. I'm not like, I'm, you guys know me. Like, again, politically, I was like, not the biggest fan, uh, but the, 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 who says that? With the cut to his face. Wow. Just. <laughs> read the manuals. Read the books. Manuals. Read the what books. Manuals? Read the books. M manuals. Books. <laughs> what testing done? What books? <laughs> I'm sorry. Shows, just, wait a minute. Said, let, me, let me explain. What testing does, it shows cases. It shows where there may be cases. True. Other countries test. You know when they test? They test when somebody's sick. That's when they test. And I'm not saying they're right or wrong. Nobody's done it like we've done it. We've gotten absolutely no credit for it. But we've come up with so many different tests. The only thing that we have now is some people have to wait longer than we'd like them to. We it's want a big a, problem. We want... It's a big problem. It's a big problem. So, again, the, the idea behind more testing, more testing, you get figure out who has it, who doesn't have it. Figure out who has it, who doesn't have it. You get more focused quarantining focused treatment right say somebody testing they are asymptomatic one of my friends tested positive he was asymptomatic he was able to quarantine himself maybe for people who are more at risk this is good we should want more testing for sure shout out to mario he said we can test today and get the virus a day later that's true canadian health person said that massive testing does not make sense to do this especially because of all the po false positive that's another issue is the whole false positives i listen guys listen guys my name is Ruslan. I'm a hip-hop artist, creative entrepreneur. I am not a scientist, okay? So I, I'm just giving you guys my opinion, and I really don't, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know false positives, all this kind of stuff. Listen, I'm sure, I'm sure there are false positives, and I'm sure there are people that should be getting tested if they've been exposed, so on and so forth. Let's keep watching them. Point to point, we want to have a five-minute to a 15-minute right. test. When do you think? Have, and like many others. Every American. I understand, we're close to 50. <laughs> When, when do you, when you, every American, when do you, every, he keeps asking so many questions. Percent where it's point to point test. We are making thousands of instruments, thousands of tests right now, tens of thousands that can be distributed to various parts of the country. But you have to understand, and we've even sent some of them to other countries where they had a big problem. Jonathan, almost 50%, in fact, I think the number might be over, is immediate testing. The other's tough. So, wow, that's crazy. I, okay, I didn't catch that the first time I watched that. He said almost 50% of the total testing is media testing. Apparently, media 
has a you know more access to the testing. So that's that's very interesting. That if we've done 60 million tests in America, uh, 30 million of those is media testing, and a lot of those are getting retested, right? So every time I'm I'm assuming like let's just use Joe Rogan as an example. Every time somebody goes on Joe Rogan, the, Joe Rogan is probably getting retested, you know, on a daily basis, if not a weekly basis. I don't know, but. That is very interesting. And by the way, uh, me and my dude Mowgli did a whole analysis of all of these numbers in terms of um, the positives versus the uh, the mortality rate. And you should go back and watch yesterday's live stream if you want to actually look at some relatively current numbers as of, what, the beginning of August 2020. We did a pretty long video, and he put Mowgli the Iceberg on Twitter, put those graphics out. And, yeah, so let's let's, let's, let's get back to this. You take a test, you have to send it to a laboratory. Let's say that takes a day, let's right. say it's a day. It's difficult. You know, so it's three or four or five days, there's nothing you do about that. But when do you think we will have it for I everyone? think that you what will day? have that relatively soon. I mean, again, what does that mean? you already have half. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when, 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 when are we going to have the... <laughs> I would not try to get back to you because I don't okay. want to have you that's right fine. in one month. That's I fine. didn't make it. Now, that's very smart. Look, that's very smart. That's very smart of the president to say, listen, I'm not going to give you a date. I'm going to get back to you. Very shrewd. This is very, very shrewd. So, yeah. Okay. And I missed it by a yeah, day. Yeah, it's it. a headline. Mr. President, I want to talk about the, the federal intervention. Excuse me. Yeah. One thing I would say about yeah. testing. Because we test so much, we show cases. So we show many, many cases. We show tremendous number of I know you yeah the, the more you test the more cases you get true smiling when I say no, that but, but I'm come on, I mean I've no. heard you say this other but other countries don't <laughs> test like we do so you know, they don't show cases just a couple I like you know, I, I like how uh patriotic <laughs> he is in all of it like other countries like America's the best we do the most testing okay points on that I wasn't going to continue on the testing but you said it so we're testing so much because it's spread so far in America. We're testing and so much because we had the ability to test. Okay. Because we but, came up with tests. But South Korea... Jonathan, we weren't even... We didn't even have a test. When I took over, we didn't even have a test. Now, in all why, fairness... Why would you have a test? no test the virus for didn't... this. <laughs> I said, when I took over... <laughs> he said, when I took over, we didn't even have a test. And he goes, why would you have a test? The coronavirus didn't come around until your third year in office. Why would you have a test? And he's like, <laughs> hold, on, hold on, you got to hear his answer. This, how would Jesus, you have a test? I was say, okay. There was no test for this. No, we didn't have a test because there was no test. Of course. In, in a very because short Because there was order, no virus. Because there was no virus. What? We got one test. We got another test. It was broken another, the first Many one. of those tests are now obsolete because we've, right. you know, it's called science. And all of a sudden, right. some, you know, you know it's, it's called science. All science, guys. This is this is great. Things better, but because we tested so many people, 55, 60 million people, very soon, we get cases. You test some kid has even just a little runny nose. It's a case, and then you report many cases. So we look like we have more cases yeah. than massive countries yeah. like China, which, by the way, doesn't report, as you know. Well, I, like, I don't put any stock in China's no, no, figures. The point is, yeah. the point is. Listen to his face. Yo, this man's face. This is like an SNL skit, fam. This is like an SNL skit. And the the obsession, the obsession, to your point, uh, Judon, I hope I said that right, the obsession to consistently re revert back to when he took over and kind of alluding to, like, what like what was he, was, was 
President Obama and Biden supposed to have tests for preemptive corona? Like, I don't know what that meant. I don't know what that meant. But nevertheless, this is amazing. If you're watching this live, give this video a quick thumbs up. I'd appreciate it. Let's keep going. Uh, it gets good. It gets it gets better. Because we are so much better at testing than any other country in the world, we show more cases. I the, the figure I look at it. So the, the the he keeps saying we're better at testing, we're better at testing, that's why we have more cases. That's a, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. You can't, I mean, I'm not going to deny the point whether there's false positives or whether there's a, a lot of asymptomatic positives he, he is right this is true right this is true it's death and death is going up now okay, no, and it's no. a thousand a day if you look at death yeah it's going up again he pulls out the notes yo this man came prepared he starts pulling out pieces of paper i freaking this is gosh this is amazing let's keep going daily death take a look at some of these charts i'd love okay. to we're gonna look let's look and if you look at we're gonna death, look yeah started to go up again. Well, right here, the United States is lowest in numerous categories. Uh, we're lower than the world. Lower than we're the lower world? lower than what is that? Europe. In what? In what? Take a look. Right here. By the way, guys, again, I don't, I have a dog in this fight, okay? I live in California. We were the first to lock down. I'm very irritated that we're still locked down. However, I understand for the lockdown, I think you should wear a mask. I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm going to actually agree with both of them here in a second. But I'm more importantly, I'm going to give you a reason why, why America is so unique and why it's not really fair to compare us to other countries. But I'll get to that, okay? I'll get to that. Here's case death. Oh, you're doing death as a proportion of cases. I'm talking about death as a proportion of population. That's where the... Catch that. Okay. President Trump is saying, hey, listen, comparison to the rest of the world, our death rate per the number of positive cases is actually relatively low. Now, this, you know, the reasoning will be like, well, it's low because we're doing a better job of testing, right? So the percentage is going to be lower because we're testing more than other countries. Other countries are testing people who are sick. But he's still saying, listen, per population that's, that's positive, we still have a very low low death rate, right? And he's saying, listen, no, I'm talking about the death rate period, right? And he's and where you're going to start hearing some of these different numbers right now about how many people are dying a day, right? And, uh, and yes, to uh, Mario, thank you. Yes, uh, cases are going up and deaths are going down. This is true. However, I think people are still like, well, why do we have whatever a thousand or 2000 people dying a day? That's a lot, right? That's a lot. So, yes, yes and both. Like, again, this is where you start looking at it just objectively and saying it's not one side or the other. There's reasonable points on both sides. I'm going to try to do a nice, clean job of gluing this together for you guys in a second. The U.S. is really bad. Well, well, Much worse than South Korea, Germany, etc. You can't, you can't do that. You have Why to can't go, I do that? You have to go by... <laughs> Hold on. Yo. <laughs> Why can't I do that? You have to go by where... Look, here is the United States... <laughs> he brought charts with color-coordinated charts. Why not as a proportion when of population? When have somebody... What it says is when you have somebody that yeah. has... It, where there's a case... Oh, okay. The people that live sure. from oh. those cases. It's surely a relevant statistic to say if the U.S. has X population and X percentage of death of that population no, versus South Korea. No, because you have to go by the cases. Well, look at South Korea, if, for example. 51 million population, 300 deaths. It's like... That's crazy. Okay, that's crazy. 51 million population, 300 deaths. That's crazy. But I'm going to explain to you why 
that is. And I think there's two main reasons. He's going to kind of allude to one of them here, but I think there's another reason for why. I don't know if it's a fair comparison, right? I just don't know if it's a fair comparison. Um, But that's crazy. That's crazy that their numbers are that good. 51 million population, 300 deaths. We have 360 million population and like 150,000, 170,000 deaths. Those numbers just, you can't, I mean, those are those are really bad. Like, you can't scale those. And I don't think South Korea really locked down like that, right? Like, and I don't think Japan really locked down like this. So this is interesting, but I'm going to explain why here in a second. Like, it's you, crazy. You don't know that. I do. It's you on don't the, know it's that. Don't, you think they... <laughs> you don't know that? He's like, I do. I looked at the numbers. What do you mean? Yo, the face. Look at the face. <laughs> This is amazing. This is amazing. This is incredible. Making their statistics, uh, South Korea, I, an I advanced won't get into country, because they have a very good relationship yeah. with the country. But you don't know that. And they- he said, I won't. "He said you saying South Korea is making up their minds." He said, "I won't get into that because I got a good. I'm trying to be diplomatic here. I'm not going to say they're making making up their numbers. This is amazing. Look, Germany, one, low here's nine thousand. Here's one right here. United States. You take anyway. the number of here's cases. One, here's one right here. Here's one right here. Okay. Now look, we're last. Meaning we're first. Last? I don't know we what we're first in. We're last, meaning we're first. Take a look. Okay. Again, it's cases. Okay. Um, and we have cases because I mean, of the districts. A thousand Americans are dying a day. But I understand. I understand on cases, it's different. No, but you're not reporting it correctly, Jonathan. I think I am, but... If you- Yo, just to, just to like, like, Trump is like, listen, like, give me, give me a break here, man. You're not reporting it correctly. And the guy's like, no, but we are reporting it correctly because we're looking at cases. You take a look at this other chart. Look, this is our testing, I believe. This is the testing, yeah. Yeah, we do more tests. No, wait a minute. Well, don't we get credit for that? And because we- Don't we? Give me some credit, Jonathan. I need some credit, man. I need some affirmation. Give me some credit here, man. We do more tests. We have more cases. In other words, we test more. We have. But, now take a look. The top one. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. But, the top, Jonathan. If if if, if hospital rates were going down and he's like reason with me, it's a good thing. Deaths were going down. I'd say terrific. You deserve to be praised for well, testing. They but even, they're all going you know, up. They very Hosp- talk, Sixty thousand Americans are in hospital. If you watch the thousand news dying or a read day. the papers, they usually talk about new cases, new cases, new cases. I'm talking about death. <laughs> really, it's going death, up. Death is way down from where it was. It's it's a thousand death. a day. It was two and a half thousand. It went down to five hundred. Now it's going up death. again. Excuse me. Where it was is much higher than where it is right now. Went down and it went up. So, so this. Okay. So here, here's, here's again the discrepancy. He's looking at deaths. They're looking at, you know, deaths per people who got tested. And he's saying, look, deaths were two thousand a day, which was I think the end of April, the beginning, end of April, beginning of May, or end of April, uh, end of March, beginning of April. Deaths really high, two thousand a day. This is when it was really bad in New York, right? Epicenter, a lot of clusters, a lot of people living really close together. Deaths really bad, really bad. Boom, then it went down to five hundred a day. Then we started unlocking, and now it's back up to a thousand a day, which is still worse, but it's not as bad. So all things considering, this is true. Positive cases went way up. Positive cases went way up. Deaths are actually not as bad per day as they were at the peak when it really hit New York City hard. Okay, so they're they're both right. It's just how they're interpreting the math is is what makes a difference. But now it's going down again. It's It's going going down in Arizona. It's going down in Florida. It's going going down in Texas. Take a look at this. These are the tests. It's going down in Florida. Yeah, it's going. It leveled out and it's going down. That's my report as of yesterday. 
Anyway, Mr. President, if I could change subject. It is going down in Arizona. It Arizona is it is. Arizona it is. Texas it has big spiked, problems. And it, is, it, it spiked and it's now going down in Florida. It's evened out and going down in Florida. Uh, so it is going down in certain states. Arizona, I heard they're reopening in Arizona. I don't know if anybody who's watching this is in Arizona. Let, me, let us know. I have to see those people. But, but you have to look at this. This is the number of tests compared to the rest of the world. I don't deny your figures. You've done more tests by far than the rest right. of the world. I don't and deny Because that. we've done more tests, we have more cases. You, yeah, you have can take more infections. Check it, check it out. Mr. President, um, different subject. It's been widely So the, here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is why is why it's important to understand what the perspective is. And by the way, guys, if again, if you want to partner with what we're doing here, politically agnostic t-shirts available for 22 bucks. So that's a discount price. The price will go up. Yashua's Dream, John Keith, uh, new album, all that kind of stuff. But here's, here's, here's what we got to understand. Okay, so they're arguing two different things. He's saying, listen, compared to Germany and compared to South Korea, our number of deaths is way high, right? Way, 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 way high. And that's bad, right? That's bad. Trump is saying yes, but look, the, the, the number of, the percentage of people are, that are dying from this thing, we're testing more than anybody else. So of course we're gonna have more cases, but the percentage of people that are dying from this thing is actually relatively low. They're both right, right? They're both right. Why do we have such a higher positive rate, more people at mask dying and getting it. Why? Well, Trump will say, hey, well, because of more people testing. Why are more people dying, though? Right? Why are more, more, why are more people dying than in Germany or South Korea? He said 50 million people, 200 deaths. That's crazy, right? Why, why are more people dying? Well, okay, you got to understand two things. One, he's going to kind of blame Trump here, basically saying, hey, people aren't getting a good example from you not wearing a mask. And if you're not wearing a mask, then people are going to take their cue from you, Mr. President, because you're setting a bad precedent for the rest of the country. A reasonable argument, right? I, 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 I guess you could say that. I think it's a little simpler than that. I think it's a little simpler than that. Uh, as somebody who is from another country, uh, again, if you guys know, from Azerbaijan, Baku, that used to be part of the Soviet Union, I grew up in an Armenian, Russian type of culture. Americans... At their fabric, if you are a, you know, a red blood American and this is your country, regardless of your race or your ethnicity, Americans by and large are going to be more rebellious than South Koreans or Germans, right? Think about the, the history of those countries. Think of like really think about like the history of Germany. Think about the history of South Korea, right? In the in the Korean War, and that's and it's no disrespect to any of those ethnicities and nationalities at all. Americans though, like we got our independence and revolted. Like this country started as a revolt. That we started in a riot. Like the Boston Tea Party was a riot. So we have to understand that like Americans intrinsically are going to default to rebellion. What does that mean? That means if you tell 360 million, or let's just call it 300, 250 million, you know, Americans that are out and working. I don't know the exact number of people that work. There's going to be a certain percentage of us that is just going to be like, yeah, screw you. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not complying. I'm not doing this. And we see this locally, right? There's a freaking gym here in Vista, California. I'm in San Marcos in Vista, California. It's one city over. It's called the gym. I went in there. Uh, cause, cause my gym, LA fitness closed down cause of governor Newsom shutdown. And I was like, Hey, I want to get, uh, 
you know, I'm looking at potentially going to another gym. Like, what are your rates? The guy was in there. Not a single person had on a mask. It's seven in the morning, peak time. Not a single person had on a mask, right? And I was like, are you guys going to shut down? They're like, no, we're not shutting down. I went to one workout and I wore a mask. I was the only one in the entire gym that wore a mask. It made it made me extremely uncomfortable, right? And I'm like, listen, I think some of the numbers might be exaggerated deaths, but this is like here, right? And I'm like, how is this place still open? I'm like, are you, are you guys gonna shut down? And he was like, no, we didn't shut down the first time. He didn't shut down the first time. When everything shut down, he didn't, the, the, the gym in Vista did not shut down the first time. What does that mean? There's a certain degree of Americans that are just not going to comply, right? This isn't Sweden. This isn't this isn't South Korea. This isn't Germany where everyone's polite. This isn't Canada, right? Where everybody's polite and everybody's nice and we're just gonna kind of comply and put other people before ourselves. There's a certain amount of Americans and it's intrinsic to our psyche and our culture that is going to be rebellious right? They're not going to wear a mask simply because you told them to wear a mask. I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that is who we are, right? And, you know, and if the president extends those values to a certain degree, it is what it is. Like, it, that's that's who we are. So I just think it's an unfair comparison to be like, well, South Korea had, you know, 200, 200 deaths and, you know, everybody else, you know, uh, had whatever, you know, two, South Korea had 200 deaths for 50 million population. It's just, it's, it's not a reasonable expectation you're going like we are intrinsically a rebellious people we start our founding our the foundation of who we are started as a rebellion against british rule the boston tea party so that's that's my opinion on that and you could disagree with me but i think it it, it shows the validity of both perspectives listen we are doing a good job of testing we're, te we're testing more than any other country i don't know if we're testing more than any country per, per population but we're testing more than any other country we also have a, a, a smaller rate of deaths that's good that's a good it's, it's lower the mortality rate is lower than when we initially thought it was right especially if you're under 40 or under 60. go back and watch my thing with uh with mowgli but listen, guys, you got to be aware of just who we are as a people. There's a certain percentage of us, you know, I don't know if, you know, extra chromosome, I don't know what it is, but there's a certain percentage that's just like, they're not going to wear a seatbelt. They're not going to wear a mask. They're not going to follow the speed limit. They're not going to do what you tell them to do because that's just who we are. And whether it's right or wrong, I don't know, but that is intrinsic to who we are as Americans. So that's my opinion on that. Again, if you're watching this live, yo, let me know where you're watching this from, um, and, uh, and and all that kind of stuff. And by the way, they're like, well, if you know Trump didn't come out in, in favor of masks, this could have went the other way as well. If Trump all of a sudden came out in favor of masks, I could see the Democratic Party all of a sudden being like, don't tell us what to do. If you, you, you're a fascist. You can't mandate masks. I could have seen it going that way. Like, I think there was a political side where they just like aligned with whatever he was doing the opposite of right and that that's how this stuff gets possible it's an election year they want to get this man out of office and i don't think you tank the economy or you freaking uh you know like flame the, the 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 flames of hysteria for the sake of making him lose like i don't think that's right either and that's what, what i feel like the sentiment i'm getting from the left is they're not even looking at science they're just looking at like yeah 
it's bad. So it's like, no, like, look at the death rates per age. Look at the, like, it's, it's, yes, it's bad, but it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. People were looking at a three, 4% mortality rate. It's less than a 1% mortality rate. If you're looking at the current numbers, right? At the very current numbers, the number, like, move forward from the current spike in the summertime to now. It's a very low mortality rate. It's a very low mortality rate, 1%. Now, granted, that's still more than the flu, but it's, it's not the flu, right? It's more contagious than the flu. I get it. I get all of that. I'm wearing a mask. Wear a mask. Follow protocol. I'm not going to tell you guys not to follow protocol. Um, and uh, uh, Mario says it, but it's more because it does not make sense. Can't go to the beach and social distance, but we can go to Walmart and Lowe's. I, I, I go to the beach. We've been going to the beach every su- su- Saturday. We went to the beach today. So I'm going to the beach. I don't know where you're at, Mario, but we're going to the beach. You know what I'm saying? Locally, we shut down restaurants, but our mayor goes and has dinner with a party of seven. That's whack. That's trash. You know what I'm saying? That's not cool. Um, that's not cool. Yeah, and Jennifer, it is tough when we're learning live. I think you're totally right. Okay, listen. Um, guys, give this video a thumbs up. There's a gang of you guys watching this. The more you, you, you like the video, the more to push it up the algorithm, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah. That's why I'm politically agnostic because there's freaking goofy people on both sides of this thing. There's people that are willing to tank the economy to get a president out. And then there's people that are like going to do whatever they want and, you know, and, and, and just bug out. And, and it's not cool. Neither side. Right. So go get your politically agnostic shirts right now. They're 22 bucks. Let's keep this thing moving. All right. This part is interesting. This is the, the second part I wanted to point out is what Trump had to say about Black Lives Matter. Very interesting. This is very interesting. And people kind of brushed over this reaction to the interview. I think this is very interesting. And I'm going to react to it. I'm going to give you guys my thoughts. It's honestly not what I expected him to say. I thought it was a reasonable response. I don't know if he's saying this because he actually means this or because he um, is, is trying to be political. He makes some wild statements in the second part in general. But I wanted to kind of touch on this specifically because I think there's some interesting stuff here uh, with regards on, on kind of like his thoughts on, on the, the, I guess, the civil unrest or the Black Lives Matter thing. So let's, let's check this out. This is very, 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 very interesting. Here we go. Protests like this since the 60s. I mean, we're seeing... These are democratic Well, just if, you, if I could finish my question. Cities, if I could finish my question. And they're doing it for political reasons. You, you, you said you've done so much for African-Americans. I have. But, but there are Americans... Yeah, I understand. Reform, opportunity. But, but let me finish. There are Americans out in the streets asking for change. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I have. I've done a lot. Mr. President, have you ever met with a Black Lives Matter activist to hear them out, hear their arguments? Well, Black Lives Matter started off to me very badly because it was... Did you ever meet with one? (laughs) Did you ever meet with one? Pigs in a blanket, burn them like bacon. That was my first... The first time I ever heard of Black... That was three, four years ago. Uh Now, I don't know what he's referring to. Somebody can, can educate me on that. I don't know which section... If, was it the official Black Lives Matter organization, you know, uh, the pigs in a blanket thing? I don't know where that that came from. I know he was definitely and initially very critical of Colin Kaepernick, which I don't think he should have been, especially as a president. Like, I don't think that was cool. But he was very critical. Now, now, now watch what he says. This is very interesting. Pigs, meaning policemen. Pigs is what they're referring to in a blanket. Fry them like bacon. We get we, we, we get what the phrase means. It's not cool. We shouldn't fry police as bacon. Not not okay. I thought it was a, so. I, I got off to a bad start. I got off to a very bad. Would start. you meet with a, so Would you meet with a Black Lives Matter activist? I would, but I think right now when they paint, why haven't you? When they paint the sign, nobody's asked for a meeting. Right. I, I... Now that's interesting. Now listen, 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 listen. 
He asked him point blank, would you meet with a Black Lives Matter activist? Again, those of you goofballs that still don't understand that there's a difference between the Black Lives Matter sentiment and the organization. I don't think it means you have to meet with somebody from the organization that's Marxist and wants to destroy capitalism. There's other people under that umbrella, NAACP, the Southern Poverty Law Center, uh, guys like Sean King, right? There's, 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 there's people on all sides of the spectrum. And what he says is, yeah, I'll meet with them. Wow, I didn't expect him to say that. And interestingly enough, he says that no one's reached out to them. Now, this is where, ugh, this is where uh, that that is interesting. That is interesting. If we are pushing towards reform, if we are moving towards trying to change some of these things that, you know, police brutality, it's interesting if this is true, that no one's reached out to meet with him, and it's, it's interesting that he's willing to meet with them. That's interesting to me. I didn't think that. I didn't think that that would be a sentiment. That, I thought he would just be a flippant, like, no, not at all, you know? So let's, let's keep watching here. I've never been, nobody's ever asked me for me. Let me tell you, with African Americans, I'm doing very well. They had the best employment numbers they've ever had. They had the best job numbers they've ever had. They were making more money than they ever made. We were all set until we got hit by China with the virus. Jonathan. <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> now, I, apparently all of this is true. I don't, I haven't looked at the numbers, but from my uh, black friends who lean Republican, they've all pretty much said, yeah, this is true. He's actually done a lot. He, you know, I, I don't know if he, you, you could account for him with african-american unemployment but 100 percent true on these opportunity zones whether or not they're effective i don't know 100 percent true on naacp not naacp excuse me um uh, uh, uh historically black colleges hbcus giving more funding to hbcus than ever before this is true criminal justice reform this is true. This is for the first time we're seeing the decrease in terms of the number of black men per capita in prison versus the number of white men. So this is true. He, he's doing stuff for criminal justice reform. And I don't know if he's doing it as a political tactic or because he really wants to help this community. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know his heart. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know the intent of his heart. But he, this the stuff he's saying here is true. He, he has set aside more money for uh, HBCUs. He has done, you know, unemployment numbers did go down. So I don't know. I don't know. But the the, the points he's making is true. Now, now, like the conclusion he starts making is a little wild and hysterical. But let's keep watching. There was actually, we were becoming a very do unified believe, country. Do you believe? Because though, of success. I understand. Do, do you believe, though, Mr. President, that many police treat black people differently from white people well, i hope not i hope not there's certainly the now listen first of all listen to the question and this is where i think he is still attempting to win over a portion of the, of the black vote and this is true under with him as president the, the the black republicans did go up the number of black conservatives went up and he says hey listen um hey listen he you know do you think police treat black people different and his answer is interesting he says i hope not he didn't answer it yes or no. He said, I hope not. That's very, that's an interesting way to step around the question, right? Because if you say no, well, then you're going to upset black people who, you know, a lot of black people have grown up being treated in these communities, in these, you know, urban areas, black neighborhoods poorly, you know, a lot of tension. This is going back to the 70s and the 60s. And then the flip side is, listen, um, 
he doesn't want to alienate them, but he also doesn't want to alienate police officers and the law and order people, right? He doesn't want to alienate them by saying, yes, black people treat police differently. This is, this is interesting. Let's keep going. The, the, uh, You've seen the statistics. The knee on the neck was a disgrace, okay? Yeah. It was a disgrace. I'm talking about... So, again, and what you're going to see conservatives doing for sure is they're going to condemn the act, right? And obviously, everybody thinks that the act was wrong. Everybody, if you're one of these people, and, it's, and I attract some of you weirdos yesterday to my, to my daggone channel about um, believing that, um, you know, you, 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 oh, George Floyd, uh, he was high, therefore it's okay, or whatever the logic is, right? Like somehow that because he was high or because the body cam came out that it makes it, it makes it uh, okay, it makes it justified. It doesn't. And so I think he's taking a strong stance and you'll see the majority of conservatives taking a strong stance and saying, listen, the act wasn't okay. Is it indicative of a systemic issue? Why, again, watch how he steps around this. What does systemic racism mean to you? Uh, I hope now some of you guys are triggered. Trigger warning. Some of you guys are triggered. Both sides. There's some of you guys that absolutely believe that systemic racism doesn't exist, and you're going to be tri you're just triggered by the statement. And then there's going to be others of you guys that you think every societal ill and everything terrible about America all goes back to systemic racism. Trigger warning on both sides, right? Check this out. Check out his answer. What does systemic racism mean to you? Hope the answer to that question is no. Do I? Does anybody really answer that question accurately? But what does about not really hope? Know? What about analysis? What's your cold hearted? Uh, I have view seen of it? where there is a difference, and I don't want there to be a difference. I don't like. Check it out. He said, "I have seen where there's a difference, and I don't want there to be a difference." Did Trump? Did, did Trump just acknowledge? systemic racism in law enforcement is that what is that what happened or is he speaking anecdotally is he speaking well i've seen videos and it seems like there's videos that black people get treated worse hmm hmm this is interesting this is very interesting you guys are freaking out you guys are you guys everybody's everybody's triggered regardless of where you fall on this thing like that there would be a difference but with that being said, why do you think black men are two and a half times? People, I know, but why do you think black in men? In a larger number, in, in quantities have killed but, white people. But why do you think black men? And this is the conversation that it always goes back to. No matter who I'm speaking to, it's like, well, more white people will get killed by police. But no, if you factor in the ratios, it's two point black people, two point five more times more likely to get, um, you know, to, to 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 be killed in police custody. But more white people will get killed by police. Yes, but you're not doing seventh grade math and looking at ratios for population right this like we're literally seeing this play out every every youtube argument every twitter argument every facebook argument we're seeing this play out with the president wild this is this is really interesting i'll, I'll pull it back just a hair just so you guys catch it all because this is this is a very interesting exchange to me what does systemic racism mean to you? The answer to that question is no. Do I, does anybody really answer that question accurately? But what does about not really hope? Know? What about analysis? Does anybody really answer that question accurately? What's your cold heart? Uh, I have seen where there is a difference and I don't want there to be a difference. I don't like that there would be a difference. But with that being said, why do you think black men are two and a half times? People I know, but why do you think black in men a larger number in, in quantities have killed but, white people? But why do you think black men are two and a half times more likely to be killed by police than white? Uh, that I don't know, but uh, why? I don't, why do you I think don't that? like that. That I don't know, but, but you must have thought why? about it. Why? I don't know why, but I don't. He said, 
I don't know, but I don't like it. Very, he, this man is very media trained, or he is just a very shrewd communicator here. I don't know, but I don't like it. Hmm. I don't like it. I do know this. Does it speak to something systemic? Police have killed many white people also. But proportion. That this pushback with like police have killed many white, like you got, you gotta, this, that, like we have to stop. It's not the same, guys. It's not the same. And I wish he, because I think his argument would would have been better, but but just saying, I don't know, but I don't like it. Period. It's a great response. It's a great response. I don't know, but I don't like it, period. Right? Why then go back to... Because, again, now we're arguing over math. Now they're having the same pissing contest over statistics. Well, are we looking at the deaths per uh, positive cases? Or are we looking at the deaths for the size of the population? It's all in how you interpret the math. Right? If you're looking at gross deaths, well, then, yeah, it's bad. If you're looking at, well, well more white people died by the hands of police than black people. And, and in Trump's logic, he's flipping it. And the first part of the argument, the first part of this video, he was saying, no, 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 you got to account for ratios. Now he's saying, no, we got to account for ratios. Interesting how the math becomes convenient when it's convenient for your agenda, your point of view. What, what, what does it speak to? Uh, it speaks to something, if that's the number, you're telling it is the me a number. number. Okay, if that's the number, it speaks If that's the number, how do you not know if that's the number? You're the president. Everybody knows that's the number. Everybody knows that police are 2.5 times, a black person is two two and a half times more likely to die in police custody than, 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 than a white person. That is like, the, everybody knows that number. And some say unarmed, five times more likely, depending on which statistics you're looking at from which year. And, and listen, that's a real number. I'm shocked that he's acting like he doesn't know that number. Now, why is that? Is it because black people are more likely to commit crimes and be in police custody or whatever? Or is it because black people in black neighborhoods and poor neighborhoods are more likely to be over-policed? You, we, we could talk about the why and the nuances, but the, he should know this number. We all should know that this is what the entire uprising of Black Lives Matter is. And that number is really just a, is, is, is a, it's an overflow. The George Floyd thing is an overflow of overall the perceived treatment of black people or Mexican people under police, right? This is, this it's, it's, it's the perception of it. And that number is just amplifying and pointing to a real statistic. And there's other statistics that you could look at it in terms of the force escalation, so on and so forth. There's other numbers you could look at. Again, a can't wait, great campaign. You should, you should be looped into that. Let's keep watching. This is something that to me is unacceptable. And what do you do about this? This is something to me that's unacceptable. I, again, he's, listen, I didn't expect him to say this. Well, I think we've already done a lot but of But you haven't. It still me, exists. Let me just tell you. No, no. I, I understand your achievements. I know what you're going to say. I'm not suggesting you haven't done a lot I've done economically. I've criminal justice I get it. reform. I'm just saying what changes. President Obama couldn't it's get done. It's not my done. friend. I'm, I'm asking about that statistic. It's your friend, President Obama, couldn't get done. I'm not, I got criminal I get justice reform. I get it. I got opportunity zones. I took care of the historically black. You know, if you look at, if you look at what I've done for colleges, for black colleges and universities, I got them funding. Obama never did it. I did more for the black community than anybody with the possible exception of Abraham Lincoln. Or the and this is where he just starts sounding like a crazy man. I've done more, <laughs> I've done more for the black community than anybody has with the exception of President Lincoln. Like, this man could be so spot on in the way he maneuvers around questions and the way he just, like, with his ninja, ninja judo, just, poof, 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 I don't know, but I don't like it. Is that what the number is? Ah, right? And then can make a statement like, but I've done more for the black community than anybody else, with the exception of President 
Lincoln. Now, again, we can't undermine the stuff he's done for HBCUs and the criminal justice reform. We, you can't, you can't dismiss that. But why make a statement like that? This is where, like, bro, you just, you're out of touch. Like, don't, you, it's just what? And watch how, watch the response. Watch how this entire thing kind of collapses. This, this, this point he makes collapses. Like it or not, people say, "Oh, that's." You really, you, you believe he did more than Lyndon Johnson, who passed the Civil I Rights think I Act? Did, yeah. How? Because I got- <laughs> You believe you did more than Lyndon Johnson who passed the civil, the civil, you guys understand what the Civil Rights Act was? The Civil Rights Act took black people from basically living in apartheid. It demolished Jim Crow. What? You think you, you think that police reform and money to HBCUs did more than that? No, 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 no. Criminal justice reform done. I got prison reform. Lyndon Johnson. I've done things. I've done, well. He passed the Civil Rights Act. How is it worked (laughs) out? If you take a look at what Lyndon Johnson. he, he, He passed the Civil Rights Act. What do you mean? What are you saying? He passed the Civil Rights Act. Bruh. This is this is wild. Like this is again. He was he was doing okay. He was doing okay, and then. <sighs> you think the civil rights act was a mistake? Out? Because frankly, it it took a long time. But for African Americans, <laughs> under my administration, Jonathan, <laughs> under my administration, African Americans were doing better than they had ever done in the history of this country. Oh my God. So I did a lot. Job numbers, all of the money. They had money. They were getting great. They're, they had money, money. Everything's about money. They had money, job numbers. Oh, money. Did I mention I gave money to HBCUs? But they had money. What? Bro, no, no. No. Their percentage was, was up. Their housing ownership was up. They did better than they've ever done. I just until don't know we how got you hit. And now, you know what we're doing? I'm building it up again. We're going to have it. Next year will be a great year, unless it's screwed up by somebody that doesn't know what he's doing, which could happen, but I don't think it will. John Lewis is lying in state in the U.S. Capitol. How- so anyway, listen, guys. This is, uh, Wow. Wow, this is this was a very entertaining interview. I think you guys should go watch the whole thing. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that uh, he you know gives some good answers about, um, and there's some stuff where he just wow, I've done more black people than any other person, with the exception of Abraham Lincoln. Okay. That's a you know pretty pretty uh pretty interesting statement, man. So you know, had he not said that, I think he actually answered the questions fairly well. Uh I think I see you, um uh brother uh Eden Douglas, he said, you know, adding in the butt white people to speak to his base. I don't I don't even know you could say that, but I I don't know if he needed to say you know, take the ownership. Like this is the the delusions of grandeur, like this is the like what? You know what I mean? Like why why even say that? So I don't know, man. I think I think it's wild. Now, um, again, thank you guys so much for being here live. If you're watching this live, give this video a quick thumbs up. Let me know where you're watching this from. Shout out to all the people who are able to listen to this now on Anchor and the podcast app and all that kind of stuff. We're available there too. These videos are going to get chopped down. But listen, let's react to this Oprah Oprah thing. This is very interesting. I'm going to introduce a concept to some of you guys that you may have not heard. And I'm going to talk about privilege here in a second. And I'm going to to upset everybody once again.
regardless of where you fall. Uh, and that is why I am politically agnostic. And you can go get your politically agnostic shirt at kingsdreamynt.com forward slash store. 22 bucks shipping in, plus shipping. Now, let's check out this, this Oprah thing. Now, this came out this week. Everybody's criticizing. Uh, I think it came out in a couple of days, last couple of days. Everybody's criticizing Oprah. And it is because she had the segment talking about the, you know, the black experience in America and promoting uh, almost like a caste system, which caste systems are in India. And I'm going to I want to kind of read this quote, read some of the critique of it and give you guys my my perspective, which I think will probably piss off all you. All right. So um, this is she's doing a live talk. I couldn't find the video of this, but this is she's doing a live live show and somebody asked the question. So the thing was an uh, uncomfortable conversation with the black man. Joined uh, Oprah Winfrey for a two-part episode, which included a segment invo- inviting non-black viewers to ask difficult questions about racism and white privilege. Not all white people have power, said one guest. There's plenty of poor working-class white people. Uh, obviously, this is true. There's tons of poor white people. I don't right like we would agree. Um, there's, there's poor white people and pe- white people have challenges, right? White people have challenges. And so let's, let's keep reading. He said, um, we don't reckon, uh, and we don't recognize the fact that there's a lot of white people that struggle, right? I get, I, I don't know if we do or don't recognize. That's a very broad generalization that there are, that we don't recognize white people who struggle, right? I don't know if that's true, but this is his perspective. <clears throat> and it's a different struggle, as you mentioned, because they're not, streaming upstream let's call it okay they continued i think if we're gonna come together and really attack racism and the inequities that are in this country and are in this world that's important to not group all white people now this is an interesting quote not to group all white people which i again i've said this before i've I've, I've multiple times talked about like broad generalizations are the epitome of ignorance right and he's saying we shouldn't group all white people yet in his kind of critique he's basically saying that we all people who acknowledge white privilege think that there's no white people that struggle right that's that's a broad generalization like that's a that's a broad generalization of the critique that you're trying to combat right that people who acknowledge these things don't acknowledge that there are white people who struggle right did you guys catch that so that's i think that's interesting but but nevertheless let's keep reading uh winfrey responded there are white people who are not as powerful as the system of white people the caste system that's been put in place, but they still, no matter where they are on the rung or ladder of success, they still have their whiteness. The veteran broadcaster also said white people have a leg up. You still have your whiteness. That's what the term white privilege is. It means that whiteness still gives you an advantage no matter what, right? This pretty, pretty loose definition, right? And again, I'm not an advocate of like, intersectionality as gospel truth or critical race theory as truth um the critique here comes in the critique here comes in that oprah winfrey is one of the richest i think the richest black woman in the world one of the richest women in the world right her net worth is 2.6 billion dollars according to to to, uh to forbes and of course the you know the, the, the conservatives lost it with this, right? Um, they said, uh, this is some of the responses, and now why is Oprah, maybe the richest black woman in the world, trying to shame white people as privileged? Now, 
I don't understand how and why does white privilege or privilege of any sort have to be always correlated with shame. This doesn't make any sense to me. And this is always like the triggered response. It's like, ah, don't call me privilege. You're trying to shame me. Oh, why are you right? And so that, that is a very interesting response. Um, uh, you, uh, it's just a misprint for you. You are the personification of white privilege. That's hilarious. Uh, billionaire Oprah is now shaming white people. The, the word shame keeps being attached to white privilege. I don't understand that personally. Um, billionaire Oprah is now shaming white people. Conservatives uh, said, I pray for the day that America becomes a nation where someone like Oprah will be able to become a billionaire. Senator said, Cruz called the discussion utter racist BS. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. So before you guys freak out in the comments, again, keep the comments peaceful. I love, love the block, ban, hide button, timeout button, all of that. Just, 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 just follow along with me for a second. Okay. For a second. I'm going to break down what I think this is from both perspectives. I'm going to break down my perspective as a white male who is an immigrant refugee and what I think my ultimate privilege is. Now, she is talking about this book called The Caste System, and like kind of like a caste system of America. I, th- I think that's an overcorrection, and I'll explain why. But before that, I want to introduce this concept to you guys. I've talked about it a little bit. I want everybody here to go study it, right? And it's this concept, and there's a really good TED Talk. I'll try to remember to link it up. There's a really good TED Talk um, about survivorship bias survivorship bias. I want all you guys to go and study this term because that actually impacts a lot of the way we look at the world. The idea that Oprah Winfrey can't critique systems of inequity, even though I I don't know how much of her critique I agree with, but the fact that she can't critique it because she's successful is kind of silly. Wouldn't the person that's most successful have the freedom to critique based on her having to overcome certain struggles and maybe getting lucky and working hard, wouldn't she have the right to do that considering she's one of the most successful people? Why dismiss, why dismiss her perspective instantly? You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. Um, so let's, uh, let's, let's look at survivorship bias. Now during world war two, during world war two, these planes were coming back shot up with bullet holes, right? Because they were pop, 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 shooting these planes and they're, uh, they're coming back and this is where all the bullet holes were, right? And the planes and these, again, planes coming back. Now, there was a bunch of people studying the planes that came back and where they were trying to figure out what are the, um, where are these planes being shot up and where should we put more armor, more reinforced, more armor, right? Just follow me for a second. And they were saying, uh, well, based on these charts, we should put more armor where there are holes, right? And then there was a famous, a famous, um, a famous statistician. I think his name is Abraham Wold, who said, "No, you guys are missing it. You don't reinforce the planes that came back and put more armor there. You're only looking at the planes that survived. You have to think about the planes that didn't survive." And up comes this concept of survivorship bias. We only look at the planes that came back and we're trying to reinforce those planes as if the planes that didn't make it. We should be studying the planes that didn't make it. We should be looking at why those planes didn't make it. Where were they shot? Well, they were probably shot in the cockpit. The pilots was probably shot, right? So on and so forth. Um, So survivorship bias is that we're always tense at looking at 
the motivational, hopeful survivor, right? We look at the thing that, that nobody get, gets paid to give speeches about how they failed in life, right? Nobody, nobody, and that's why I try to do a good job of like doing things like Mistake Mondays and sharing my failures with you guys because I think I've learned way more from failing than I have from winning, right? So we tend to look at people who are successful and think that because Oprah made it or because Obama made it that well, everybody can make it, but we're not understanding that we're looking at the survivors. We're looking at people that defied all of the odds. And I know some of you guys are like, wow, this is making sense. It is. So you, we can't look at race from the perspective that, well, if Obama can become president or if Oprah can be a billionaire, then what are black people complaining about? You're studying and paying attention to the ones who've made it. I'll give you some more examples of survivorship bias. Oh, they don't, they don't, they don't build uh, those, those, those cabin homes like they used to. Gosh, they just really had a great eye for architecture. They, they didn't build those homes like they used to anymore. Uh, have you heard that? Right? What, 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 what are we saying? No, no. They, all the crappy homes fell apart, and we figured out new ways to build better homes that'll last longer. Right? Oh, they don't build cars like they used to. Oh, we used to have cars and, uh, yeah. It's good. No, it's just you're not looking at all the horrible cars that aren't around. You're only looking at the Impalas and, and, the, and the Cadillacs that are, lasted from the 60s and 70s. There's a bunch of cars that they made that didn't last, right? Oh, when I was a kid, uh, we'd, uh, we'd run around in the backseat of the, of the pickup with no seat belts and it didn't matter. We just we didn't have car seats. You stupid millennials with your stupid car seats. Just liberal snowflakes. <laughs> well, you're not looking at all the millions and millions of kids that died because they didn't have a car seat, because they didn't wear a seatbelt, or because their drunk uncle made a left turn and somebody fell out of the back of the freaking pickup truck. Right? This is survivorship bias. You're only studying the people who made it. You're only studying the people who made it. Um, so... We have to be careful when you can't, don't critique somebody because they're successful that they don't have a right to critique. That's stupid. If anybody has a right to critique and share their opinion on what they think the inequities are of, um, you know, our system or whatever, it should be somebody that's highly successful, right? Should it not be? If somebody's a billionaire, you know, sh should I not listen to Kanye about talking about the ills he had to overcome to get into the fashion industry, right? This man made a classic album, went to Paris and interned for free at Louis Vuitton, then turned around and freaking, uh, you know, uh, did it for free for a year, put his career on pause for a year and lived in Paris and did that and then still got, a, got, got the, you know, the, the door slammed in his face. And then finally, decades later, got his situation with Adidas, got a situation with Gap. Now he's a multi-billionaire, right? And the, guy, the Gap stock shot up. Should I not listen to the person if I'm trying to figure out how to get into fashion, high fashion, right? Should I not listen to the person that you know, overcame that so he can give me the critique of what it takes and the bias attached to that, right? Should I not? Why would you not listen to Oprah, right? Now, that's that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. Um, but survivorship bias, guys, just, just, I promise you, I promise you if you just look at this concept, it'll give you so much more empathy for people. So let's go back to this concept and let's look at what was, what was actually said. Let's look at what she actually said. Um, and then, and then let's look at what the what people assumed she said, because they're two different things, right? Uh, she said there are white people who are not as powerful as the system of white people, the caste system that's in that's been put in place. Okay, I don't know if 
caste system. I don't know. I don't know if I like that. But let's keep going. But they still, no matter where they are on the rung or ladder of success, they still have their whiteness. Uh, the veteran broadcaster also said white people have a leg up. You still have your whiteness. That's what the term white privilege means. It means that whiteness gives you an advantage no matter what, right? So what does that mean, an advantage? Now, I have a lot of advantages, right? I, 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 was, I was born, and this, this, this came out this week, by the way, and this stream is live. I don't know if you, uh, how long ago did I start streaming? I don't know, an hour ago. I was born in a communist Soviet Union, Communist Soviet Union, and I had the advantage of winning a lottery and coming to America, right? That's, that's, a, that's an advantage I had over people that went to other countries, right? I, I had an advantage of being born with all four of my limbs, with all 10 fingers and 10 toes, with my brain functional, an able body to sound mind. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't have a psychotic break and develop bipolar or schizophrenia or anything like that. Like I have my mind, I have my body, right? I have, uh, I'm, I'm a male, which gives me a certain degree of advantage over female, just, just my biology. I know there's all debate about whether sex is a, you know, a social construct or biology. No, I have more testosterone. I can put on muscle easier, right? I'm bigger, I'm stronger than my wife is. I have a certain degree of advantage if I'm walking down, uh, going on a walk. Right now, if I go on a walk in the sunset, I have a privilege, right? I have an advantage over a woman. Right? Well, why? What? Why are we? What? And, and so and so. Let, let's keep going. Right? Um, I have advantages that I'm a male. I have advantages that I'm viewed as a white male. Now, what does that mean? That just means that on a very superficial level, when I'm pulled over by a police officer, I'm going to be viewed as less of a threat. If you want to make the argument for implicit bias or not. It is what it is. Like I, I think there's a. I get viewed as less of a threat. That doesn't mean that I should be ashamed of that. Now, when they check, grab my ID, and they see my name, and my name says Ruslan Karoglanov, my birthplace is Azerbaijan, Baku. Right? It's kind of like, oh, well, he, what is that? He, he could he could be a, a light-skinned Arab guy, right? Like we don't we don't know what this dude is. I have an RZ name. My last name Karoglanov. That changed because of. People having to, uh, trying to push us out of Azerbaijan. We have to take on Azerbaijanian name. We changed our Armenian last name to Azerbaijanian name. So I have a Muslim sounding last name, right? You guys see what I'm saying? So do I have a degree of superficial privilege? Yes, I do. But I'll tell you what my ultimate privilege is. And I think this is where I'm going to lose you guys on both sides, right? My ultimate privilege is that I'm an immigrant. My ultimate privilege is that I'm, I'm, I'm a refugee and I see opportunity completely different. I've seen Soviet communist Russia. I remember lining up for food rations. I remember my family getting a tub of water and having to make that work. I remember. My ultimate privilege is the fact that I'm an immigrant, right? And, and yes, I would agree that I have a degree of, I guess, white privilege, and I don't have a problem admitting that, but my ultimate privilege Beyond a superficial level is my mentality, is my mindset, is the way I view the world gives me an outlook of opportunity. And if you look, again, some of you guys are going to be triggered, regardless of what side, I guess I'm just trying to upset everybody today, but regardless of what side you look at this, if you look at how immigrants from Ghana and Nigeria and Jamaica perform in compare, and they've done studies that's com com compared to white people a lot of these immigrants outperform and out earn white people it's crazy right so 
you also got to factor in though that they won a lottery to get here. So when we're bringing people over, we are bringing some of the smartest and the brightest and the right, the, the most efficient. And with refugees, we're we're not like refugees are just coming over as like, gosh, we just don't want to die. America will take us in, right? So we all have different sets of advantages and disadvantages, and the 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 superficial that the majority of this country the majority of this country, the majority of people in power are white. And to say that, hey, you are going to view your own as less of a threat, whether implicitly or subconsciously or consciously. I don't understand why that's such a controversial concept. I don't understand why white people get so defensive and so combative about this concept, right? I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, I'll give you another example. My nephew, his name's Samaje. He's six foot four. He's 160 pounds. He wants to play professional basketball. He has the genetics to play professional basketball. I'm five foot ten and a half. Okay, I'm Armenian. I thought I was going to play professional basketball. Nobody told me about this thing called genetics when I was a teenager, guys. Okay, <laughs> and uh, I I thought I was going to go to the NBA, right? I really believed that, and nobody told me this thing. So guess what? Um, I did later on in life discovered that there's never been an Armenian who's made it to the NBA. You know, if you factor in the Kardashians, we've destroyed more NBA careers than we've started. And, uh, but right now, as of right now, I'm nicer at basketball. I'm better at basketball, but we would never ignore the obvious advantage that he's six foot four and 160 pounds as a sophomore. He's going into a sophomore year. Guess who's going to have the advantage of playing basketball, right? Because he's more fit. He's physically more fit for that position. Now that doesn't mean I can't outwork him. That doesn't mean I can't beat him. I can beat him. Right? I could beat him, right? I, I could grab the rim. He can't dunk yet. I could grab the we could jump as high, right? Right now. But that doesn't mean that he's not positioned to um to thrive and outpace me, right? Now, obviously life is not basketball and it's a flawed metaphor, but just follow me along. I have no problem acknowledging that. There's no shame on his part attached to that. And I think the the conservative response, the conservative response is goofy because when people say White privilege. Nobody is saying white guilt. Nobody's telling you to feel guilty, right? You still have your whiteness as a true white privilege. And then the responses are, and now why is Oprah, maybe the richest black woman in the world, trying to shame white people? Who said anything about shame? Who said anything about shame? I pray for the day that America becomes a nation where someone like Oprah. That's that's actually a, a hilarious job. How did Oprah make $2.5 million uh, so racist? Um, but this idea that shame is instantly attributed to this concept, I, I just, what I think is, I think we're so sensitive. I think we're so sensitive. And I think it's such a time where there's disparities on multiple fronts that we just get triggered very easily. And it's, to me, it's not that big of a deal to be like, guys, I'm a white male in a country that's predominantly white. On a superficial level, of course, I'm going to be perceived more favorably. That doesn't mean that once I open my mouth, I can't make an ass of myself, <laughs> right? Right, excuse my language. Some of you guys are going to freak out that I said that word. That doesn't mean that someone who's more educated and more qualified than me isn't going to get that job over me. It just means that on a superficial level, people view me as less of a threat because I'm white. That's, why, why are we, why is that a thing? Why are we so combative and sensitive about this? You know what I'm saying? Um, I think it is bad for black people to say that. Uh, I don't care who says it. I think it's like, is it bad for short people to say tall people have an advantage at basketball? Is it bad for, you know, uh, freaking, 
you know, ugly people to say, hey, you have pretty privilege? Like, <laughs> why is that bad? I don't understand, right? I don't understand. I think everyone has a privilege. If you were born in rich home, you are privileged. If you are American, you are privileged. Absolutely. And again, I said this. I said this repeatedly. I said this, right? If you are born with all your limbs, if you're born with your sight, if you're born in America, you have privilege, right? You have privilege over somebody that's freaking born in communist China where they just got rid of their one uh, one one child policy like four years ago. Absolutely, right? Exactly. I'm not ashamed that I have privilege in music because I'm, I'm a black person. Right. Yeah. So Bats, who's a rapper, super dope rapper. You guys should check him out. Is acknowledging that, hey, I'm a black man who's making hip hop music. He has a privilege in that. Over me, I, I, I have a disadvantage when I rap, right? Just because it's a predominantly black art form. Why is that right now on a mass scale, right? White rappers tend to outperform big picture, right? Um, because the more, again, more of the population. And so I think that's the part that, that I just, I'm just like, gosh, are we so sensitive? Are we so sensitive that we equate any amount of, um, any amount of, of privilege to instantly shame nobody's saying you have to be ashamed they feel the way because they are ashamed that they have ignored the plight of others Ooh, you going in now because they've ignored the plight of others their whole life and now it's being thrown in their face that's what i see in the other white people around me that's interesting if you feel ashamed because you've been apathetic and you haven't cared about dis uh, disenfranchised groups you haven't cared well then that's an issue about you not about the concept, right? And again, it's not to say that I believe that, again, I'm not a, you know, critical race theory is absolute truth or intersectionality absolute truth, but there's some concepts there that I think are truthful and helpful, right? Um, uh, no, it is bad because it makes them feel disadvantaged by birth. Makes who? Black people feel disadvantaged? Well, you got to let black people speak on that. There are certain there are certain black people, like my buddy Zuby, like my buddy LeVar Sierra, conservatives, black conservatives. And, you know, again, this is, I'm not, by the way, I'm not speaking for black people, but there are certain black people who would say, hey, yeah, the concept of white privilege doesn't help me. You're telling me I'm oppressed. I don't need to hear that. And I'm like, yeah, cool. You're, if, you, if you don't think that's helpful, that's fine. I'm not asking anybody to advocate or not advocate. I'm asking us to not be triggered when these things are brought up because I just don't, I don't, see it as that combative of a thing you know what i'm saying um uh it gives them the excuse to fail some people some people right but some people don't need an excuse to fail some people fail because of again survivorship bias right i don't know if you were here for that part michelle go back right so we're looking at oprah we're looking at the ones who made it we're not looking at everybody else who didn't make it and we're not looking at what is and again read the book outliers read the book outliers and examine what does it take to become great at something it's not just your grit and your contribution there's other variables the coaches in your life the community the teams that you're a part of right when you were born the access to learn uh, learn scarce skills there's so much that goes into being successful so i think we have to be careful to not uh, just look at people and say, oh, they're making it up, they're being victims. No, there's real inequities and real things that people have to overcome. And again, I don't think we should dismiss Oprah just because she's highly successful and say, oh, well, she doesn't have a right uh, to give a critique. Why would she not have a right? Why would we not want to hear from the successful billionaires about the things they had to overcome and acknowledge that? Now, to your point, I do think that Oprah's view and perpetuating this caste system thing, I think this is an overcorrection. If you look at India's actual caste system, it's a hundred times worse than what it is here in America. It's way worse, right? And you don't just get to jump up the economic ladder. It's way worse. So to say that we have a caste system, again, I think that's an overcorrection. I think that's an overcorrection. 
what is that? Overcorrections happen all the time, right? People are apathetic towards racism. So we say, well, nah, you're compliant and you're, ra- you're, you're covertly racist. You're an asymptomatic racist, right? People, uh, people are homophobic. People are homophobic. They treat gay people bad. So then any critique of anybody's sexuality all of a sudden is, you know, deplorable. And you can't even say, ah, I don't know if we should be giving children puberty blockers and uh, letting, you know, six and seven year olds tell us their gender. I don't know if that's helpful, right? What is that? That's an overcorrection, right? That's an overcorrection. And I'm not equating that to Oprah necessarily, but I'm just saying we overcorrect all the time. We overcorrect all the time and it, it, it happens all the time, unfortunately. Um, so anyway, those are my thoughts. Um, those are my thoughts, and I think it's important for us just to listen and just to have empathy, try to understand. Um, I'm going to check if you guys have any questions. Uh, take some of your guys' questions, comments real quick before I get out of here. Easier said than done to say don't get mad when addressing difficult and visual topics. American privilege saying you're the greatest country in the world when it hasn't been for decades in most basic everyday categories that matters. Uh, I get, okay, first world privilege. Maybe not American privilege. First world privilege. Our generation is all about division. I feel like people are looking for someone else to blame for their issues, although real issues are out there. Some people are. I don't know if it's our generation. Our generation is also the most prosperous. Our generation is always also the most entrepreneurial. Our generation is also the most technologically advanced. So who, right? Because I don't know. I see a bunch of kids that are TikTok famous building businesses, you know, right now. So who they're not, they're, they're getting it. They're out there. They're creating, they're building audiences. They're building products. They're building merch companies. So I don't know if I would just, you know, again, broad generalities. That's the epitome of ignorance. In my opinion, how does someone get an excuse to fail? No, you know, this whole like excuse to fail. I don't think anybody's looking for an excuse to fail. And we also got to stop thinking that conservatives have a monopoly on personal responsibility and hard work. Like, no, people from all views and ideologies view that as a good thing unless you're just on one extreme on some weirdo stuff uh having a father beyond anything else enhances your chances by far of a person having a better success rate in general amen that's that's a huge one a father privilege both parents still married and in a loving relationship privilege right those are huge those are huge somebody even if you don't have a father but just having a father figure point you to the ladder of success and saying, hey, this is what it actually takes to be successful, right? This is what it actually takes to be successful. I'm that for people over this channel, right? I'm that for people and that I could empathize with the systemic issues and I could empathize with the structural issues. But at the same time, I'm going to say, hey, you know, here are some tangible, practical things you could do. And I end up coaching a lot of people and helping a lot of people build their businesses, right? And you see see what I'm saying? So I think having somebody just kind of come alongside and give you game and and encouragement can be very tangible but don't don't assume that just because oprah made it that every kid you know from a a neighborhood in an area where all the fathers are in jail because of really unjust laws are just gonna snap out of it after watching a gary v video and hustle 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 and change the course of their life that's just not how the world works it's frustrating when people say black people use race or base excuse but we but we've been enlightened for years when there's evidence of systemic racism, redlining, Jim Crow, that's that. Yeah, and by the way, everything you mentioned, Jim Crow, redlining, right? People were downplaying these things while they were happening. They were dismissing them while they were happening, right? They were calling Martin Luther King 
a communist Marxist socialist while he was alive. Now he's revered as this amazing person. But, not, you know, at the time, he wasn't favored. He wasn't liked. He was viewed as radical. So I think a lot of this stuff in hindsight, man, we'll, we'll view it differently. Here's the thing, though, to... to um. Uh, overcorrection because the black community was turning their backs on Oprah. Now she is trying to chart. Maybe, maybe. But to, to your point, when we overcorrect, that's I think that's the dangerous part. Don't be so tone deaf and so apathetic that when people start overcorrecting, it then turns into not hey we need to we need to address racism and we need to create equality. To we need to dismantle co- capitalism. That's the extreme, right? Hey, we need to treat uh, gay people, LGBTQ people fairly and, and not, not hate them and not beat them up and not be homophobic to, hey, you know, we're, we're going to dismantle the roles of gender, period. This is what happens when you overcorrect. This is what happens when you overcorrect. And it's usually pushed on by people who are either apathetic or just flat out hateful. And that is not helpful. So as if you're a Christian, if you're a Bible-believing Christian, I don't know if you are, but if you are, our heart, our call is to love people as ourselves, to love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? Everybody, even the person that isn't in your in-group. That's what Jesus said, according to the story of the Good, Samar- uh, the Good Samaritan. The Samaritans and the Jews did not get along, yet he said, love people. Love your neighbor as yourself. Who was the one that showed mercy to him? The Samaritan, not the priest, not the person that was in the in-group. So as a final thought, that's what I want to leave you guys with. Empathy, listening, loving people, seeking to understand before seeking to be understood is ultimately going to bring us to a better place because it's it's going to we're going to get more and more divided. We're going to get more and more and more divided. And again, guys, I'm I don't I'm politically agnostic. Like I don't have a perspective. I don't I don't have a dog in the fight. I'm not voting for Trump or Biden. It doesn't matter from a political standpoint. It matters for me, for you guys as I'm hoping to influence and empower a tribe of outliers that we would all go into our interactions and love people well and care for people well and show empathy and compassion and mercy to people, even people we may disagree with. I spend way more time trying to understand people I disagree with than sitting in circles and talking to people that already believe what I believe. So anyway, thank you guys for hanging out, man. Give this video a thumbs up. Hopefully you enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Uh, I'm going to chop these down into bite-sized pieces. So there'll be three of these. Subscribe to the podcast. If you listen to podcasts, it's on the podcast apps on Spotify, Anchor. And go buy some merch, man. Politically Agnostic, Yeshua's Dream. Uh, 22 bucks. These drinks is only 22 bucks. You should go cop one and partner with what we're doing here at kingsdreament.com. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. All right. Peace.